Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Backdoor Cut Show. You can find us on Twitter at Backdoor Cut Show and on iTunes, SoundCloud at the Barnburner Podcast Network. And today on our show, we'll discuss the NBA trade deadline, all the madness surrounding it, also the rise of the Rabinator in Memphis, and a Joakim Noah throwback game. The Backdoor Cut Show is brought to you by Blue Note Bourbon, which is a bourbon is so smooth. As smooth as a Joakim Noah chest bump after a crazy dunk. Blue Note, be noteworthy, Memphis. Now let's get it. how closely he edits alright you, you can edit that part out <laughs> I mean you gotta introduce everybody else ah yeah you're right alright here we go my toilet was running <laughs> better go catch it alright <laughs> welcome friends and family to episode number 27 of the backdoor cut show our Zaza Pachulia episode um, I'm your guy, Barnburner Bro, Zach, and with me today, I got my three amigos, Slick Rich, in the Uptown. How are you, man? Man, I'm doing good, man. Pretty interesting week for the Grizzlies. Ready to get into it. Dive deep. Let's get it. Interesting's a good way to put it. <laughs> also, we got the West Coast Vino, Slim, Mason. How you doing? Hey, man. Grizz have won three of the last four. We got 25 games remaining, and uh, let's convey this pick. The chief, the founding father. How are you feeling about this week? Uh, it's been a good week, man. Me and CJ Miles versus the world. We're <laughs> sitting firmly in the sixth seed of the tankathon. We want to be around nine. Uh, Orlando's won a lot of games recently, so fuck them. But I'm ready to talk about the Grizzlies. What's the big idea, Orlando? Mm. Get out of there. 
All right. So, um, yeah, Mason, you mentioned that Grizzlies have won three of the last four going back to last week. So we'll kind of start off. This, I mean, this week was obviously super exciting week. Trade deadline was Thursday. Some moves were made. Um, I don't know if they were necessarily the moves that everyone thought would be made. Certainly not any, really any moves that were rumored to be made leading up to the trade deadline. But uh, it kind of all started on, uh, I think it was Monday, Monday or Tuesday, early in the week. The Timberwolves came to the forum. No Derrick Rose, unfortunately. But that was kind of the day the rumors were flying about Mark getting traded. It was it was a widely speculated that that deal was pretty much done, that Mark was going to be going to Charlotte, and that they were just kind of haggling over some of the details. So Mark didn't even play. Uh, against the Wolves. Uh, He did come out in the first quarter and a few people noticed and then everyone else eventually ended him getting a standing ovation, which I thought was a pretty cool moment. Kind of like a goodbye. um, Goodbye for Mark. And so that that was kind of a memorable moment that one of those things that like if you're there, you'll always remember that you were there. Mark's I can't not even his last game, the last game that he was there, like physically, because he didn't actually play. So it wasn't actually his last game. But uh, that was fun. And that was like a big game for Jaron, Mike, a lot of guys on the Grizz really stepped it up that game in the absence of Mark. And I I think that kind of showed you where we're headed in the future and like what the rest of the season, really a real big sneak peek into what the rest of the season looked like or will look like uh, what do you guys think about the decision to sit Mark when apparently a trade wasn't like even that close to being done? I mean, I don't know if it was too much of a decision. I think Mark was planning on sitting himself out of that one. It seemed like, I mean, the guy came to the arena, cleaned out his locker, took his nameplate and all that. And, uh, you know, had his little swan song in the first half. So I think, uh, more than anything, and then after seeing that he waived his trade kicker, I think more than anything, Mark was ready to go and uh, probably has been for a while now. Um, so, you know, good for Mark. He gets to go to Toronto. I think that uh, his preference of where he want, wanted to be traded definitely played a role into the move. Um, he gets to re- reunite with the Spanish national coach. And this Toronto and San Antonio are kind of the two places that have always been linked with Mark outside of the Grizzlies. So I'm sure that played a role into it. But, uh, you know, a weird week. But, you know, appreciate everything you did, Big Spain. But I'm ready to move forward into the future and see what this new up-tempo style Grizz can look like. Yeah, I think it's just another instance of just like news, like just leaking and just getting out. Like, you know, you see some franchises that making these massive moves this week and you don't even hear about it until the trade's official. Um, And I think like similar to Slim, like, you know, I think Mark was kind of in a sense just ready. Uh, I mean, I saw that Instagram and that tweet he posted on Thursday. Like he was just like, yo, like I'm ready. Let's get this done. Like, let's get it moving. Uh, And I, too, you know, I'm happy um, that he's able to go somewhere where I feel like he'll fit in pretty nicely. Um, He has a chance to contend for a championship. Um, And I think like you know, for both parties involved, I think I'm just glad that that whole saga is over. Um, it's done. Um, 
Charlotte, the Charlotte deals that were coming. Like I, I was never quite sure who the players that were coming back were. Like I was seeing Biombo, MKG. I saw Malik Monk for like 10 minutes and I like got super excited. Um, but for Mark to be able to go to Toronto, uh, I think is a good fit for him. So shout out Big Spain. Uh, we'll never forget what you did. I think there's a lot of argument about like what the pick, what, what protection the pick was, and then like whether or not they're going to throw in a good play, like a good young player like Malik Monk or um, one of uh, Jaron's boy from Michigan State. But uh, you know, I it was awkward, and I really don't understand why. I, mean, I guess the Jimmy Butler thing was pretty public too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that trade, I mean, the, not every trade goes by silently. Not not every trade's blown up on social media, but it certainly seems like more of them are probably kind of executed under the cover of. Hey, let's make sure this is a fucking deal before we leak it. Uh, I, I can't imagine in any other business why you would leak something before it's done. Like, what? Who cares if the people are in talks to do something? Like, I, I mean, I, I, it's just interesting. It's an interesting thing. It's just happened to the Grizzlies more often than not. So I don't really know what's going on there, but it is weird. Uh, so yeah, I was. Uh, that game was weird to be at for that reason. It was cool for you got a swan song. I was super thankful for one really important thing while I was there, um, and that thing was that Andrew Wiggins just does not wear a Memphis Grizzlies jersey. <laughs> and he, and then hopefully he never will because uh dude bum status dude five of 18 he had like 14 points one of six from three and he literally sucks the life out of everyone on his team so i was really thankful for that and also derrick rose has only played like three times in the fedex forum since he graduated or by graduated i mean had someone else take his ACT. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he never plays in memphis like uh i know he's been in the east so he only gets one shot but like Due to injuries or him sitting out, he he has only played his ten year career three of of the past ten seasons. So uh, it's just it's kind of interesting. I wonder if he's targeting this game or what. But that's two un, unrelated to Mark things that I observed from that Minnesota game. Man, T Wolves. <laughs> so here's something I was just thinking of. Yeah, they're poorly I, run too. Like I, 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 I'm super happy that I'm out of T Wolves. Like we talk about the Grizzlies a lot, but man, T Wolves and yeah, like I don't know like, where they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what's yeah. the plan? Yeah. <laughs> that, they're they're in that purgatory team, <laughs> and they they're don't have the, like Jaron Jackson. They don't have a guy like that. I guess they got Cat. That's true. He's but, a good time all star, dude. Yeah, my bad. Okay, I was dumb. <laughs> yeah. They do they, have. They, they fucking yeah. paid him too. He no, got I'm just saying. But uh, Dario Saric, a guy that, like, I would love for him to be a Grizz. Okay, Vernon. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard that from him. I, I just watched the games, man. I'm just telling you what I see. That's a bro original take there, dude. Yeah, no, but Vernon was like. No, he, I didn't hear it. I'm, he dove into the chair, and he was like, that's the, that's the type of guy I want on my team. And I saw people on Twitter making fun of him, saying, like, uh, Vernon sees a squirrel run across Poplar. He's like, that squirrel. <laughs> that squirrel is tough. He's tough. He's a dog. And I want him on my team. He's a dog. Sorry. Sarge does not look like an NBA player. He looks like a, he's kind of pear shaped and everything, but I mean, he's pretty, <laughs> you just say this man was pear shaped. He kind of is, man. He looks kind of lumpy. Well, that's yeah. so accurate. So on to the Mark Gasol trade. We traded Big Spain to Toronto, and in return, we got Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright. CJ Miles and a second round pick in like 2024 or something like that. So Rich, what were your initial impressions on the, on the return we got from Mark? 
Oh, man. So, like, I was at the office all day Thursday, you know, supposed to be doing work, not doing work. Just Shout out not doing Twitter. shit at the office yeah. on Thursday. Not Shout out. Shit. It was impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on Twitter the entire time. Um, so, you know, as the time was inching closer, you know, I'm like, okay, shit, it's like 2 p.m. Like, fuck, like, Grizzlies, don't let me down again. Um, and then when the trade came across from Woj, uh, well, he first initially was like, you know, Grizzlies are in are in talks to send Mark Gasol to Toronto. Um, and then he came back with the package tweet. Um, and when I saw uh, who we received, man, to be honest, my initial reaction was positive. Um, when I saw Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, um, CJ Miles, as well as the second round pick, I wasn't really focused on the pick. Um, I saw, you know, players who, you know, Toronto can definitely like, you know, it was a luxury that they want Toronto's roster. Um, Toronto's just so deep. Um, that some of these guys were kind of lost in the shuffle. But uh, Valanciunas, I've always been a Valanciunas fan. Um, I think he'll come in and severely help with the rebounding uh, for our squad, where we tend to struggle in the rebounding department. Um, DeLon Wright, you know, not super-duper young. Um, I believe he's like 26, 27. Um, but I think, you know, I know he's a restricted free agent this summer, so I'm interested to see what the Grizzlies are, um, you know, planning in that regard. But I think he, too, you know, is another ball handler. Um solid backcourt uh floor general uh and then cj miles who's just been around the block for you know a million years i think he can come in and be an additional veteran leadership uh voice in the locker room uh he's a, he can knock down the open three um which is you know always welcome uh and so for me like you know as i went to bed wednesday night hoping that i didn't wake up to bismack biombo and michael kick gilchrist press conferences in memphis i was super uh pleased with you know the return that we got from the Raptors. Yeah, and I think um, overall, talent-wise, we got a good haul. But a lot of Grizz Nation was kind of fixated on the picks. Right. Uh, Chief, what do you think about the lack of picks returning in this deal, as well as kind of the contracts of the players that we took on? Yeah, you'd be able to speak more to this, too. But, I mean, I, like you said, I was I – uh, my eyes, whenever that tweet came across, which, by the way, I scheduled a meeting with the client at one thirty, and – I have no idea why I did that. Like it was totally up to me. <laughs> and I, I knew the trade deadline was two and I could have said it any fucking time in the afternoon, <laughs> but I chose one thirty, and I have no idea why. And it's totally fell on me. So I was really mad at myself. So that, that, that kind of tempered the, uh, the excitement. So I was sitting on my phone, not paying attention to the meeting, but, and, uh, and so I honed in on the pick and it was second round. And for some reason, my, my brain had been so wholly focused on getting a first round for Mark. Uh, so I sort of was centered on that, that Charlotte trade, even if I had to take on, Biombo and MKG, I was like, okay, first rounder, whatever. Those are huge assets. You can package them, whatever. I was just like ready for that. And then I saw the, the second rounder and no young players, uh, as Rich mentioned, you know, DeLon Wright's 26, Jose Valen, or <laughs> yeah, our boy Jose uh, Valen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's going to have to come on just so we can. Damn, you, you incepted my ass, man. Like you went to the third <laughs> dream level and like his name's now Jose. So <laughs> He's 26. Oh, <laughs> he's uh, he's 26. And, and so there was no young player. So it didn't accomplish either of what I'd set out to do in my brain, which was uh, first round picks and or young players or some combo therein. So initially I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but then as we like dive more into it and then realized apparently, which is, we've seen this front office multiple times, revisionist, like retconned goals, you know, depending on what ultimately happens. They're like, oh, no, no, no. Actually, we want to like convey the pick. 
Uh, that's what we said at the beginning of the season, remember? And it was like, yeah, but then like also maybe not. I mean, there was grit and grind 2.0 also. You remember that? Like, so there's there's this. Yeah, there was 50 games uh, after we were 12 and 5, you know, in Paris' interview with Calkins. So like, right. Yeah, we won 50 games. <laughs> yeah. As, so, you know, props to them for just like completely. Just, <laughs> I mean, honestly, they got no shame. And so I almost to some degree respect it. But, uh, you know, no shame to their game, I guess. But so they. That you know, I guess the goal now is to like we got theoretically roster upgrades. Um, I think we're probably a little better talent, or at least deeper, certainly. And and um, the the way the way the contract is structured, and again, you can see more of this is that most of these guys are either expirings this summer, restricted free agents. Essentially, we have a lot of options of what to do with them, and a lot of them would become trade assets as expiring deals this upcoming summer. So I guess the notion is to try to win with them now, <laughs> win, win enough to convey the pick. Um, now and then flip them for picks this summer after we've conveyed that pick, I guess would be in a perfect world what we do with, with these guys. Um, and then, you know, you, Delon Wright and, and, uh, and Jonas, you can, you can turn into meaningful additions if we decide to pay them what we need to, to keep them. Uh, they are 26, but they could give you, you know, you can sign them to a four year deal, get them for the rest of their prime and uh, have them around. And so that's, that's an option we have too, as a team. So, uh, you know, initially I was like, I don't know what the hell. And then when you dive into it, you know, it, you can kind of see some sort of vision, whether that vision is accidental or not. What do you think, Slim? Um, you know, after taking some time, I cooled off. I didn't like it at first, but after kind of, like you said, thinking, well, basically it could have been worse. Uh, as Rich said, we don't have Biombo and MKG on our team. We didn't take back any super bad contracts. All of the guys that we have can play and kind of make us a more versatile and up-to-date NBA team. So uh, when you include the Jamichael Green and Garrett Temple trade to the Clippers, uh, which brought back Avery Bradley for the Grizzlies and also getting rid of Shelvin Mack for Tyler Dorsey, the throwing Dylan a bone, I guess, bringing his Oregon pal back. Maybe he can hoop. Uh, who knows? I, 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 his numbers weren't very good. <laughs> uh, I think he probably gets waived. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. bought out but, or whatever. But at the worst case, it's a it's a young guy you get to have bring into your facility and take a look at who can play a combo guard, which is always a position of need for us. So, um, bro, from the guys we brought back in Avery Bradley, uh, JV, Delon Wright, and CJ Miles, what are you looking to see out of them for the rest of the season uh, on the Grizzlies? I think the the biggest one. So, like, I dug into. Uh, Raptors read it pretty far, kind of did some crowdsourcing to um, to, kind of like find out like what Memphis was truly getting. Like, were they, you know, who, who who did Raptors fans think that who won the trade or or whatever? And like those people love Valanciunas. Yeah, they do. 80% of the people, like a few people like, were like, yeah, whatever, get rid of him. But at least 80 to 85% of the people just freaking love that guy. And kind of the same sentiment as when we traded Mark, you know, a lot of, you know, take care of our guy, he's Memphis or whatever. Uh, a lot of that come in from Valanciunas to us. He seems to like be a great guy, good personality, like good sense of humor. But as far as basketball, what I'm looking for from that group is, I think it was Rich that touched on it, the rebounding portion. Cause that was somewhere that Mark was kind of, he, he was playing more on the perimeter, becoming more of a passer. I mean, he's always been a good passer, but that was like his primary game, stretching the floor and not really banging down low, getting rebounds as much as we've needed. And a, a lot of games, I feel like that 
Memphis has lost, especially during that stint, you can directly look. And I, you know, turn to Sam so many times during games. I'm like, hey, look, we're getting beat on the boards. Like, this is a, a sign of how the game's going. Uh, and, and I truly believe that. And we've kind of talked offline about how, you know, we want to see Jaron, you know, play more of a role uh, starting on the perimeter and, you know, playing like a three slash four type position. So uh, having a true center in there, I think is going to be, that, that, that could be pretty interesting and allow Jaron to kind of work on some more stuff and having, instead of having to be like glued to the block or having to play down there for the entire game. So I think Balanchunas and like what he brings is what I'm most uh, curious to see, see how that like pans out. Yeah, dude, the, the Athletic wrote like four goodbye articles to <laughs> Valanciunas. I was like, holy shit, first of all, how many beat writers are in <laughs> covering the Raptors for the Athletic? Because it's legit like three or four different articles. Uh, just like you said, man, they love that guy. And uh, a lot of love for DeLon Wright, too. People saying they think more opportunity will, will be beneficial for him. He's a crafty guard. Like if you even if you look at the baskets he made last night, he got a layup on a fast break in which he had to go up and under the rim and kind of finish with some reverse spin. And then his two other layups are just kind of almost Ben Simonish, like half spin moves in the lane. Uh, I like his game a lot. Uh, so I, that's that's the train I'm jumping on. And Chief, I know you're you're on the CJ Miles train. Is this true? Yeah, I like CJ Miles, man. Like he, he. Uh, I mean, we'll get into this at some point. But the Pelis game, he played the best of the new additions, at least the most efficiently. Anyway, he did. He, he was what we thought he was. You know, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, except for this past season, he's been bad. But you know, before he was a guy that's like a classic three and D wing guy. You know, who hits open threes, who knows how to play the game, and is just a apparently a good locker room guy too. Not unlike Garrett Temple, although not as sung in that way, but has kind of that that. Uh, that thing about him. So I thought he played well and, and it just will be, we'll be able to soak up minutes as they say, just play like a lot of minutes at the wing spots and play solid defense, hit open threes, hopefully at a better clip than Garrett Temple. So uh, mm-hmm. I did like Delon Wright too. He, he, he did, he, he had a couple, I think he'd had a much better game. He had a couple open threes that kind of went in and out. So, yeah. I mean, he could very, we could be looking at a 14 point in 20 minute Delon Wright game. that just didn't, you know, was like a couple of rimmed out threes away. So, uh, the guy, you know, you could tell like that there, there was one lineup we had out there. It was like CJ miles, Delon, Wright, Joe, Kim, Noah, Jaron, and like Javon Carter, I think. And you could tell none of them had any idea what the hell they were doing because they oh, never yeah. played together. And, you know, Javon Carter is not necessarily the best at initiating offense. Um, he's still learning. He's a rook. So and Jaron's obviously a rook. So that was a tough hang to watch those guys out there, like play wide pickup ball for a little bit. But <laughs> that was, that was when you saw Delon, Wright Like kind of, he was like, all right, it's going to like make something happen or else we're all just going to pass the ball around the perimeter and set like screens that don't go anywhere. Yeah. So that was, that, that was early in the game too, wasn't it? Yeah. Like the second remember, quarter or something. Yeah. I remember looking, I'm like, what is going on out there? Yeah, this, I know. It's like, you could clearly see that these guys hadn't played together. And that's tough too. Cause there's no practices, you know, during the season they're, you know, they, they can't like they wear their bodies down. So they're, they're having to live learn each other's games. You know, in basketball's basketball, I get that for sure. But like, they're trying to live learn each other's games, like in game. You know, against other oh, NBA yeah. players. So that's a that's always that's always interesting to me. These post trade deadline teams that kind of come together and learn each other as they go. It's always it's kind of fun to watch. Even other teams around the league kind of adjust as well. So, yeah, luckily we were playing a half assed Anthony Davis in a in a bad Pelicans team to kind of get their feet under them. 
Uh, and maybe with the all-star break coming up, these guys will probably be moving into town. I assume they would use this time. So maybe they'll be in town and getting some workouts in with the other guys and the coaching staff and that type of stuff. Uh, Rich, you got anybody that we acquired in the trades that you're drawn to? Uh, you know, I'm actually also a DeLon Wright fan. Uh, I kind of followed his career when he was at Utah. Uh, and I just always thought it was just super cool. Like, you know, he had like the the cool older brother that came straight out of high school to the league. Shout out Darrell Wright. Um, and he kind of was like, you know, groomed by his older brother, you know, about the league and about the process and about that. And he bought out at Utah um, when he was in college. Uh, and I think he'll have a greater opportunity for minutes here in the M. And I'm excited to see what he can do. Like, I think he's got that West Coast swag. Like, he's a baller. Um, and he's just going to, you know, make some things happen uh, in the half court uh, as well as on the fast break. So, I think uh, if I'm hopping on any trains, I'm, I'm really, you know, hoping to see DeLon Wright thrive out here. Dude, and the defense with him on the court next to Mike Conley is going to be so much better than when Shelvin Mack and Mike Conley were on the court together. Oh, like, this is like 6'6 six, six and long. He can long block shots. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminded uh, me of MK, or, uh, not MKG, uh, M- MCW. Like, in terms of defense, like, he's long yeah. and can kind of like, wow. you know, maybe he can he can compensate for if he get, if a guy gets a step on him by just kind of being long and clogging lanes. And so that that was a uh, that was something I noticed, and and he tries like he plays hard when he's out there. So looked to be having a good time too. I think getting out of that like like Rich said that clogged Toronto rotation where they just got so much talent and every possession matters so much there because you know they're trying to win like sixty games, so yeah. and 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 beat the Bucks in terms of the seeding or at least you know have home court. So uh, you know that that's what when you get in those really good teams like that that are elite, like you can't a lot of guys can't even you know, play their games comfortably because they're worried about staying in the rotation. So especially point guards, right? Yeah. Especially handling the ball. Yeah. Um, So I think he can play a little more free, which I think is going to bode well for his game. Yeah. And then you think about pairing him with Kyle and Jaron and Ivan. And I mean, that's a long team from two two through five. Bruno. Bruno. Yeah. (laughs) Bruno, Bruno stays like his arms, like, I think he stays at home and plays from his apartment. It's like reaches into the arena and that's what we see. But yeah, he's long as hell. Yeah. He got one rebound yesterday and like a powerful rebound. I was like, he didn't jump. Like I had double take. I was like, he didn't even jump on that. Yeah. I waver back and forth on Bruno. So where are we on him? You guys want to sign him for the rest of the year? I think so. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm intrigued enough that I want to see more, I guess if that, that's probably the best way to put it. Like pretty, Pretty solid defense, pretty streaky as far as offense goes, but very interesting. And I think it's worth trying to see if, you know, in this cluster of a season, if that's like another guy that we can bring on and then potentially could be like a Grizz, you know, for multiple years to come, like, you know, Jamichael was, right? Jamichael Green, remember him? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that's your boy, most I guess. consistent player in uh, December, the worst <laughs> month that we've had. And I got you. When we lost 19 to 22 games. <laughs> hey, that's not his fault. That's everyone else's Jamichael, fault. Jamichael, he's not first team all slim, dude. He's not like Marshawn or DeLon or, uh, or <laughs> Lou Will. Oh, Lou Will, yeah. If you're long and skinny, you can get buckets. Like, you, <laughs> your first team all slim. Yeah, if you you got a Jimmy. Uh, So (laughs) speaking of our future, Rich, I'm going to send this one to you. Our dear friend, 
Chandler Parsons announced his return via Shams, <laughs> his, own, his own media outlet. <laughs> Are we excited to have Chandler Parsons back around the Young Grizzlies? First off, that was the most random fucking announcement to come across <laughs> like, my phone on a Saturday morning. Like, I was so confused. Like, I thought it was like some old shit and like my timeline like didn't refresh or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw that like it was an actual thing. And, you know, Chandler had made an announcement through Shams and the Athletic, I assume. They have some sort of partnership. Is Shams Chandler's burner? <laughs> right. Like, I've never seen that guy in real life, so I don't know. They've never been at the same place. At, or same yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, to answer your question, Slim, uh, man, I'm going to say, like, at this point in time, I'm more so in the realm of if we're paying the dude Let's see what he can do. You know, we've heard about the the stories of the the profanity lace practice. You know, where he was like cussing at Chris Wallace and knocking down threes and shit. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. So, <laughs> so like man, poor Chris Wallace, man. Everybody hates him. He's just like, walking around powerless, like getting fucking cussed out by everybody. <laughs> right? Like, can you do that? But anyway, like I just envision like Chris Wallace, he happens to like he's getting his coffee and he happens to be walking. He's not even like watching the practice. And Chandler <laughs> happens to see him up there and he goes, like, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> He's like he's like a Jerry from uh, Parks and Rec. Like just always getting shit on. Like like yeah. And he bends oh, over, rips his pants, and farts like right then. And Chandler, Chandler hits another three. He goes, "Fuck you, Chris." But anyway, oh man, sorry. So I mean, I think this is like Chandler's last and final opportunity. Like you know, he's he says all the right things. Sometimes he doesn't always do or post all the right things. But you know, this is last opportunity. I think you know. If he comes in and I'm not sure, you know, how much of a like time limit he's going to have. I know him and JB have a pretty strong rapport. Um, so if Chandler. Oh, God, I forgot about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. Don't forget. Yeah, man. They're, they're tight. Um, blood, blood runs thicker than water, dude. Yeah, that, rock, <laughs> that rock Houston Rockets play. Rock blood, man. <laughs> so, shit, I don't know, man. I guess we shall see. I think that's where I'm at. We shall see. Um, if he can fucking move up and down the court consistently and hit an open three shit why not but i just haven't seen anything for us to feel like that can occur so we shall see yeah and and this announcement came on the same day that chris wallace is facing the media about the right. trade <laughs> <laughs> and he's like yeah we're trying to win <laughs> we're trying to win boom parsons is back baby <laughs> <laughs> he's like our big trade deadline yeah, all this happened at the trade deadline we moved some players but guess he's what really happened <laughs> did i hear win and then like channel fires come riding back into town <laughs> So, so any other thoughts on Chandler being back or uh, just convey, winning enough to convey the pick in general? I mean, the non-petty part of me says it's, it's a win-win. Either he, like, comes and plays two games and his knees swell up again and then we're like, ha-ha, we told you. So, or he gives us something, you know. So, But the petty part of me is like, man, fuck him. Like, stay on the West Coast and, let, you know, uh, you know, the, whatever. It's classic Grizzly shit. Classic Grizzly shit. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think, Slam? I mean, so where are we going to play him is my thing. At, at shooting guard, we've got Avery Bradley and Justin Holiday at small forward. Hopefully we have Kyle back soon. Uh, we got CJ Miles. We got Bruno who's putting minutes there. Then we've got 
Jaron and Ivan kind of at the forward for the bigger guys, along with JV and Noah, who Noah had an amazing game uh, yeah. last night against the Pelicans. And he's just bringing so much energy to this young team. And the guys are really feeding off of him. I, I, I think, who was it, Calkins or Harrington called him Uncle Joe? Yeah, Harrington. <laughs> Uh, and that, that's a perfect nickname. Like he's probably drinking hen at halftime and everything. And that's perfectly okay with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm just worried. I don't, I don't want to take away from any of these guys who could potentially be a part of our future to have someone out there who can't play defense and ends up costing us games that we're trying to win. So it, it just depends on how much he's going to play and what his attitude is like for me. Um, and that's something we won't know until he comes back after the all-star break, I guess. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, I, I don't want him to take minutes away from anyone. Like you said, I'm, if you can like find a way to play him like ten or twelve a game or something, or someone's in foul trouble, like Bruno was in foul trouble yesterday. He only played like a dozen minutes or something, but he had five fouls. Like maybe that's a chance to slot him in there. But uh, there's been conflicting reports. Someone in national media said that he was going to be quote part of the rotation when he comes back, and right. then Harrington. Uh, in his like round, weekly roundup or maybe it was just his direct report was saying that there is no defined role for Parsons yet. So we'll just, that's up to the coaching staff and like game by game basis. They're not saying like you have to play him 20 minutes or whatever. Well, I mean, we'll guess we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But ultimately my thoughts were like, Oh, okay. That's like Rich said, I was like, huh, is this like Ch- the Chandler, the same Chandler Parsons that I wrote about like a month ago? That like we were parting ways and everything. Yeah, but likely I, to never play in a Grizzlies uniform again. Yeah, I I was just like, I mean, I, honestly, I mean, that's fine that everyone like I guess reconciled and he's gonna come try and play and like like Sam said, if it's he either can play or he can't play, and I think that's gonna be pretty evident right off the bat. So, I, I, it's just really funny, honestly, like such a one eighty, such a pivot. Yeah, I just can't imagine my work life being as unstable as the Grizzlies' <laughs> like moves have been over the last year and a half. Like, just it's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> Robert Bear, at some point, you got to be like, dude, this is out of hand. Like, I've got to get this in order. I wonder so, if his engineers at his company, he, he just like exiles yeah. them, and then they're just like, no, nah, you can come back. It's okay. Just more <laughs> programming. Yeah, like they just fuck a bunch of shit up, and then, and then like he comes in, and, like guys, we got to do better. <laughs> uh, so all right uh, right now the Grizzlies are 23 and 34 as Chief mentioned earlier with six worst in the league trailing Orlando Washington New Orleans and I think we got a chance to catch Minnesota Dallas Detroit and Miami maybe um, and over the the last 10 years the the end of, end of season win total for the team that finished ninth worst is 32.1 an average of 32.1 so we need to get to 33 wins uh, how do you guys see the rest of this season playing out can we convey the pick so when i looked at it before pre-trade deadline i was like pick based on how we were playing i pick and chose like which games that we would likely win and i thought we'd probably come up just shy of 30 so and, and let me I, insert this of the 25 games remaining, we've got 10 against current playoff teams, um, which doesn't include the Lakers because they're just outside. We got one game against them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about it. Yeah. So 15 it, against non-playoff teams. Yeah. We got thunder a couple times, golden state, a couple more times. It yeah. got some, 
some games in there that will be super hard to win. But we do have a couple like tanking team games in there. I think we've got Hawks and Bulls and Phoenix <sighs> in there. So we've got I three mean, against Dallas, which will be huge. Yeah, that's big. And I, I honestly think like the way we match up with Dallas is pretty good. And, and I mean, like, they just we, traded everybody away too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they're not. Yeah, I think that we could steal two of those. Like, so, but I, th- I still think that right now we'll probably be a little short of that thirty-two. I, I don't. What did, I had to see what like five thirty-eight. They had us when I looked at it last, like at thirty-four wins. They so they had the like aggregate total of teams in that range as a little bit higher. So we'll kind of see how that shakes out. I guess. Chief, go ahead. And as we talked about, the reason we always talk about that ninth slot too is because. If you're if you finish ninth, then you for sure either convey the pick, aka you you would not have a pick in the top eight, or you finish in the top four. You're 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 mathematically incapable of getting the fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth pick, which would be the worst case scenario because then you neither get a good player or can or you don't convey the pick. So you, you really we really either want to get a, a good pick like one through four, which you know you can debate whether that's good this draft. Or, or convey the picks. So that's why the ninth slide is so important. And that's why we always talk about it as kind of the, the goal in mind. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's very possible. And um, I didn't know that about the playoff teams we're going to face, but it kind of gives us this weird amorphous goal because obviously finishing ninth is not exactly in the total right now. We won't know what that win total looks like until we can, we get there literally. So it's going to be a fascinating kind of weird thing to root for as we go. And especially if we played, uh, Dallas three more times who's right in there you know right in that range too so those are going to be crucial games but they they want to win because they convey their pick this year no matter what so Dallas has no incentive to to lose so I, you know I don't know it's gonna be fascinating I'm, 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 I'm kind of interested to watch and it gives us a weird rooting interest shout out Apple Rich what you think yeah man I think I'm just ready to convey this damn pick. Um, I feel like you can't really fully commit to a rebuild while you still owe a debt. And we owe a debt to the Boston Celtics. Um, And so I think, you know, a lot of the moves that were made this week, you know, aren't, you know, gigantic moves, but I think they're bringing in um, young vets um, who can help the development of our young guys. Um, You know, we got rid of Shelvin Mack, J. Michael Green and Mark Gasol, who actually, you know, were had one of the worst plus minuses in the NBA. So, you know, they're actively trying to improve the on-court product. Uh, and so hopefully, you know, that that magic number nine, uh, we can convey that pick and get this fucking debt out of the way, man. Yeah, and it's nice to have something to cheer for, man. It's nice <laughs> to have a root, root for winning. Like, even though that's, that's not what the players are going to be thinking about, at least they'll be – trying to win like they always are and the fans will be behind them not sitting there thinking like oh man i hope we lose this game uh so we got two games before the break i think we got the spurs and bulls and spurs have struggled on the rodeo road trip um and that this will be i think we're their last game before the all-star break on the trip so uh before we get out of here blue note baller of the week from last week i'm going with the mac 11 average 19 8 and 5 while being on the chopping block for the franchise. So shout out to Mike for being able to just kind of block all that out while he was on the court and uh, win three out of four games. 
you, I think you guys already know who I'm going to go with, and I'm probably going to go with him uh, every week if possible. The Rabinator. <laughs> the Rabinator. The Rabbi. Like, he drew three starts last week, averaged 14.7 points, 9.7 rebounds, so almost double-double. Very reminiscent of uh, one Zach Randolph-type stat line, just saying. Um, he shot 72% from the floor. Uh, he made a three-pointer, so that's awesome. Not so great for the free throw line, but we don't have to talk about that. He also got a block every game. Uh, this week, he I thought his defense got stepped up a couple notches from what we've seen, just with him getting consistent minutes, going against some formidable bigs, and uh, even a couple some really good passing as well. So lot lot to be excited there from the Ravenator. And he's going to be starting moving forward. JB announced today, so we'll. Oh, see really? That's good. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. But uh, yeah, Rich, who you got? Uh, yeah, man. So I've got two, actually. So for the first half of the week, definitely Mac 11, uh, you know, blocking out the noise. I think he's said all the right things publicly. He's just a consummate professional, um, you know, in all regards. Uh, and just to see him kind of block out that noise, still balled out. And, you know, he's the the lone wolf out there now, man. He's the last remaining of the core four. And he's, you know, the the leader and, you know, the general in that locker room, man. And then I just have to, you know, give a another shout out, man, to my man, Big Stickity, Joe Kim Noah, man. Cause that mm-hmm. throwback, that throwback Chicago Bulls performance like yesterday, man. He was just, he was in his bag, man. And he just plays with so much passion. Like you can just tell that it like trickles down throughout the roster. Like he's just one of those dudes who just lives for this shit. And you know, when you got somebody in your team, you know, everybody needs that type of guy on your team because it's infectious. Um, and just seeing him just kind of just really be happy to be here, one, but also like contributing in a way. Uh, it's just great to see because he's come a long way. Especially like the young guys, as we alluded to earlier. I mean, like the, they look to, 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 I mean, cause you know, like uh, Harrington put it, it was like, whereas Mark was like the, the stern, you know, like scholarly uncle that would want you to like, <laughs> you know, study and get 4.0s to get college scholarships. Like, you know, the, uh, Noah is the uncle who at, you know, Thanksgiving is sneaking you right. whiskey, you know, in your Coke when you're 16, uh, you know, we all know like exactly that resonates with everybody. Cause it's definitely a thing. A lot of people have that in their family and, or the uncle that, you know, is still unmarried and like talks about the glory, you know, all that sort of shit. But, uh, and, and, you know, uh, Noah was, that was something I was worried about too, because Noah was sent away, at least the rumors in New York, you know, there was a period of time where he was sent away because the Knicks were legit worried about his influence on some of their young guys. Cause he was, you know, as he said, it was too lit in New York. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, there's no doubt the guy likes to party and have a good time and like whatever that encompasses, like it's his business. But, uh, you know, when you, when it comes to 19 year olds, like if you, if you were a seemingly cool guy that seemingly has your shit together, you can really get sucked into some stuff. So like, it's cool that they, they enjoy being around him and hopefully he's being a good mentor. And it seems like he is from the outside looking in. So, uh, yeah, that, he had a great game. It was a lot of fun to watch. I, I go with Jaron he, you know, I, I'm looking at the games post Marcus all trade and he's sort of, you know, coming into his own or, or at least post a sitting mark and is starting to score more and do a lot more and play with a lot of passion and the, the passion that we wanted him to step up to into and, and become that franchise guy. He, he uh, had 27 and seven the game before last. And, and the, this last game, he had a, uh, a kind of a tough game. He got two quick fouls and JB said in an article that I read earlier this season, he would have let those two fouls impact the rest of his game. You know, he would have gotten frustrated, probably committed. The third would have soon followed there in the first half, but instead he stayed the course. I don't know if he picked up another foul the rest of the game. He ended up with 14 points, had a big and one three, four-point play. 
Um, and then, you know, was, was a psycho on defense, as bro put it was playing with Kevin Garnett intensity. You know, if, even if the offense didn't go his way, he was, he's a real big talker. We had the chance to sit close to the court, uh, the other night and you can hear him barking screens the whole game. Like he talks the whole game on defense and it, it clearly enjoys that. So that's, that's cool to see. Uh, hopefully he trends up there and it's fun to watch the kid, man. I bought a Jaron Jackson Jr. Jersey the other night and I intend to get it signed this year and have the rookie frame Jersey. Hopefully he plays for more than four years for us. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And he's already taking the big shots, man. I love that. He's not yeah. a, you know, he's got some big nuts already. He's not afraid of the moment at all, man. Like mm-hmm. he, he he's a goofy kid. He has a lot of personality, but like on the court, he really does seem to not be like like the worry was the Dwight Howard thing. You know, we talked about this early, like that, but he seems to be totally different on the court. Yeah, he's like jovial and nineteen and talking about anime and shit, uh, you know, in the locker room, but like he's 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 super saying Goku on the court for those, for those DBZ fans. Got you a reference, man. Very helpful for, uh, for me, for you, for y'all three, right? Yeah. yeah. We appreciate you, man. Man, you don't watch TV Man, you ought to get uh, back in the film room, bro. <laughs> Hell, De'Aaron Fox loves that shit too. <laughs> does. Go for him, man. Go for him. All right, man. Cool. Anything else before we get out of here? Nah. So everyone, thanks for supporting us. Um, you guys, I had fun again. Everyone can follow us on Twitter at Backdoor Cut Show. You can find all of our Twitter handles in the bio there. Also, check out the-barnburner.com for Grizzlies, Tigers coverage, uh, and a lot more good stuff. So, again, we appreciate you guys supporting us. Oh, yeah. Go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those places. The Barnburner Podcast Network. That's what you need to know. Subscribe, get notifications, rate us. And thanks for listening. How are we the only team to turn expiring contracts into more expiring contracts? Different, I'm a Biffany, my bitch on the rock, Tiffany, and you a rat. You'll see the symphony, and I'm back. Treatment, miss me, and my white silly, my car, ignorant, I'm the king of my city. I'm banned up, and I ain't in the band, but my flow just like a fish. Face, clear that yellow tape.